Hello, you're listening to Face It. I'm your host, Matt, and today we got a great interview with my friend, Tyler. Now, we're going to talk about The Last of Us 2 and our thoughts of part one of our review, uh, because we talked for a little too long for a full two-hour episode, in my opinion. So we're going to split it up, make two parts. So here is episode one. Hey, what's up? Not much. What's up with you? Oh, you know, just about to do a podcast with a guy who works at, what, you still work at Moose? Oh, I, st- I still work at the I still work at the Moose here in here in Yellowknife. That's awesome, man. Are you like doing yeah. any production side stuff now too, or are you just still an announcer? Uh, I it's it's I do mainly it's like a mix of like announcing and promotions. That's, that's are the, the are, are my two main things, and then like it, with with Vista they have the, the like the just the voice talent, like all the announcers voice the commercials. Yeah. So I've done a bit of that, but not as much uh, recently. Our recording studios kind of biff so we're waiting until covid travels like not restricted so our engineer can come and finally fix it but yeah that'd be sick i have got the record stuff which is nice yeah so uh, did they put you at home then when you were like on leave on covid or did you guys go on leave at all or because i know no, uh, actually because like the nice thing about being up here is you know our travel up here wasn't too too you know, there wasn't too many people coming up here, so we've actually only had five total cases. Like, we haven't had a case up here in months. Wow. So it feels really weird looking at, like, the rest of the world because it, it's not really a thing up here and hasn't been for a while. But, uh, no, I, I worked through the whole pandemic. I We were deemed essential. Uh, our, our midday guy got laid off for a few months, but he's back now. But, yeah, no, I still had to go into the office. It was weird, though, because the salespeople worked from home. Yeah. So it would only be like one or two of us in at a time. That makes sense. That is weird, though. It would be like a ghost town. <laughs> yeah, it did, did kind of feel like that, especially because like a lot of people were already working from home. So like, there's not many people around when I go to work in the mornings anyways. Like, I'd come home and there'd, there'd still be nobody. I'm like, this is fucking... Yeah, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did lead to me, like, I, I just... It, it, it Like, quarantine led to me just being like, what if I just replayed the whole Witcher three? Like, what if I just did that? Like, I just had the free time to do that because it was like nothing's going on. I could just replay the Witcher three. It's fine. It's a long game. <laughs> it's a very long game. I've done it a a couple of times. I don't know. Like, I get. I like. I understand why people can have like seven thousand hours in Skyrim. Yeah. And like, I get it. But like, maybe it's too. Stand, like it's too vanilla rpg esque and i love skyrim yeah. but like it's so just like i know witch was really high fantasy but there's i don't know i could never play seven thousand hours of skyrim i could definitely yeah, I, sink that into the witcher 3 i agree now. with you like i i never fell in love with skyrim as much and before we continue i'm gonna introduce you to josh my co-host he's also here hello hello hey josh how are you doing i'm good how are you oh i'm good Mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk <sighs> about this game that I haven't I've yeah. been holding off on talking about because people are yelling at me that I'm wrong about what I think about it. So I'm excited I, to talk I, about I, it. I, I'm nervous too because it seems like, well, one, uh, the one thing the internet needs is three uh, more white dudes' opinions about The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, That's exactly what they need. Here's what I think about this female character's <laughs> development as a white man. I don't know why she's sad. Um, but, 
I don't know. I oh man. I don't know. I, I I'm excited to talk about the game too. I've been playing a lot of Ghost of Tsushima recently. Oh, though. Man, yeah, I heard it's so good. Did you hear the multiplayer announcement? I did not hear the multiplayer. Yeah, I, dude, I, they're getting a co-op multiplayer in December. Yeah, that's well, that would be a lot of fun. I I really want the game to get a new game plus. I'm replaying through on hard, and it is fun to start with like no upgrades again. But I kind of want to. You want not have that. I like having all my upgrades. I like having new game pluses. I feel that. And uh, back to the Skyrim thing. Uh, Totally with Skyrim. I I agree with you. Like I never got into it. Josh played a lot more than I did. I played a bunch of Skyrim. I haven't touched Witcher three. But I I played a lot of Witcher. And like my issue with the Witcher is like I get sidetracked by Gwent. So like I'll be like (laughs) I'll be like you know into a quest or whatever and then like someone will be like oh would you like to play gwent and you're like yes please yes please and then i'll like <laughs> lose the five times i'll be and- totally honest unlike every other witcher player i've maybe played like three games of gwent in like wow. my three playthroughs i i like i get it i get why people like it i get why there's its own standalone game yeah but i just like card games and me it's like Caravan and Fallout New Vegas. I'm just very opposed. Anytime an RPG is like, would you like to try our card game? No. I'm just like, no. <laughs> I will do every side quest under the moon, but I will not spend my time micromanaging myself <laughs> in a card game. Because I knew as soon as I got into Gwen, it would be I'd be doing more looking for good Gwen cards than like actually caring about the side quest. Exactly. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Card games is like the one thing I'm surprised Assassin's Creed hasn't done yet. Like they like to add all these new features, but they've never had their own card game, which I I give them props for that. They've always had like these checkers or something you could play. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Assassin's Creed 3 had like checkers in that. Yeah. But why would you also do that? Why would I play checkers (laughs) in a $60 game where I can assassinate people? Yeah, exactly. You can just play it on your piece it's like PC. golf in gta 5 i don't know if yeah. anybody's played like a full game of golf in grand i, Theft Five in I have time. this guy made me as a joke yeah One he was time, like was let's, like, go, let's golfing. go golfing he like pulled up to my apartment and was like let's go golfing and i'm like what nobody does that and then he makes me play tennis after yeah. too which nobody does is the only time i ever played tennis well, the best GTA. part was that we we're both garbage at it so yeah. we're literally like <laughs> what like past like negative no, yeah negative, we were just like five we were never like landing any hits there would be like a serve and they'd be like hit back hit back and then just drop or it just didn't just didn't drop because we had no idea where to go it was mm-hmm. raining too that was the best part too oh it was yeah like raining like downpour and it's like this is a great golf game and matthew's like i fucking hate this fuck you i i was i was thinking when we were when we were talking about like the last of us i was thinking earlier today it's like it's weird to me that the ps4's life cycle is almost over like ps5 comes out in december and so i was like what is like the exclusive that i I think the console should be remembered for because like there's been some pretty boss exclusives for the ps4 i don't know if the ps3 had like maybe i maybe it's been too long but i feel like the ps4 had a lot more exclusive big exclusive than the ps3 did like the biggest, it's like, the biggest exclusives sorry. for sorry for interrupting you came out like I guess early in the PS3 generation like Uncharted two, Uncharted one, all the Ratchet and Clank games, Jack and Dexter, like all yeah. of that stuff came out so early, and then you had Last of Us come out at the end of the generation, which blew everyone away. I think mm-hmm. that was like the one game, I guess. And like the one exclusive for the PS4 that I keep thinking back to is like Bloodborne. Like I don't know if Xbox ever had an answer to Bloodborne. Like, just, I don't know if a game has been, like, so... Like, I don't know, you could say what you want about Souls-likes and their difficulties and that, but I don't know if a game's been 
so into its own art style than Bloodborne. Like I just think everything in the game is complementing or in some ways working towards making the art style and like the presentation cooler. And and like they don't even it, it's tell a, a story with the characters, but they do at the same time. Like I discovered so many things about Bloodborne without like like really because there's no story like there's no like overarching like, no it's just kind of like story. go kill monsters yeah. uh and there's a there's like a moon thing happening maybe but then you start to relate to these vampire characters and all of these like clans mm-hmm. and stuff and you're like oh this is cool and then you run into other players in the same clan and you feel this relationship with them now and it's just like oh yeah like there's other people which is inter- the same thing i've been stuck which is interesting because like Sekiro, which is another FromSoft game on the PS4, it try like it actually has a story. It's not the greatest thing in the world, but like they also can accomplish like getting this narrative across while having a story. Like having a FromSoft game that has more than like eight cutscenes for bosses was right. weird. I I completely agree. Like I didn't finish it. Like I got up to the snake boss, and that's where I kind of stopped. Like I know that's pretty early. But uh, yeah, Josh has my, no idea. He's yeah, like shining right now. Yeah, I am super, super. What's the word? Like, I'm blank when it comes to Souls like games. I don't know anything about them. I'm obsessed. Hardly with them, at all. Man. I've been stuck in Yarn, like would, First City, and Bloodborne. I would for, check like, out the Vaddy Video YouTube channel. He talks about the lore. That's pretty fun. Oh, okay. And it's and you can at least appreciate. It's like, oh wow, this this character is. I mean, all the characters just have really sad backstories, but. Yeah, the lore is really, really good. Like even the and funniest I, characters, like the onion guy. Holy crap! Oh yeah, and plus it's like, why, why would you want to slog through reading item descriptions to get backstory when you can just watch a twelve-minute YouTube video of a guy who did it for That's you? Fair. But I think there's a certain appreciation to that, where it's like you don't have to pay attention to the story if you want to find it. You can go ahead and find it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, yeah, it's a like part to it. Dark Souls Three is the only Souls game I've beaten. I've played one i didn't get very far but i beat three because co-op is is very friendly in that game it is but no it it's yeah the not having like like i I very much love story in games i like i like big story driven games and which is maybe why i like red dead 2 more than most people but Still I, beat it. or and and the metal gear solid franchise but i i like the the uh Dark Souls 3 is just like the absence of that. It's like there's no cutscenes unless it's introducing a boss and you just kind of go in this direction and don't die. Well, you probably will. But no, it's it's really good. Really good at telling you where to go. So like you see that big castle in the distance? Just go there. Probably just, have yeah. to go there. Did you ever play the Fight Clubs? Uh, Like in... So in Dark in Souls Soul- 3 and Bloodborne and, and any of the Souls actually, like when the community first starts up because there's no pvp oh yeah we're like the dedicated dueling spots yeah. i knew the, i knew the one in dark souls 3 i i did that one a few times to get items i didn't do the one in bloodborne though we got like six or seven people like every me and my one friend john we would get like six or seven people going josh would sit there and watch just, us yeah like and uh it would just be hilarious because we'd have like three like reds and then like one purple or blue and then like the white and then mm-hmm. like what we would do is make sure like my friend john if he's the white ghost was wearing the ring to make it not look like you know he's a ghost so it looks like he's a player right. so then if any actual red asshole joins the game or purple asshole then <laughs> you know everybody just fucks him up and it would happen sometimes like because how it would work is like you know the host would just chill unless they really thought they could win 
which sometimes mm-hmm. I would I would bout it because I'd be like I'd watch people fight and then they would win a few and I'd be like okay you need to go now you know what I mean it's just like <laughs> it's someone else's turn so I would just go and muck them and then let two other people fight again um but it, it was really cool because it would be just like everybody just understood what was happening but nobody spoke to each other it was just this mm-hmm. unspoken rule of like that you're in a fight club now and if you choose to yeah. not be in it you're you going can't to interrupt the duel you can't you can't you can't yeah. interrupt this 1v1 i remember that was a huge problem in like the first dark souls i'd watch a lot of videos of like people like people would just try to invade for fun yeah. And someone would just have their friend like in the corner of the room in call being like, "You watch me in case I get invaded." Oh my god, that sounds that is so frightening. Like even more, like you're you know slowly walking around trying to like get killed, and some guy might come up behind you and just kill you right away. Oh my god. I mean, what I love about the Dark Souls communities is there are some areas in the games where it's like an unspoken rule where you don't invade someone here because the game is already hard enough and it's too mean to do so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's nice. Actually, in Dark Souls Anyways, 3, I think there are spots mm-hmm. that you can't invade at all. Like, other specific... Yeah, locations. I know. Yeah, there are some spots where it's like, we don't... Like, near bosses or something, you're not allowed to. Or at boss rooms in general. Alright. Uh, I think we're all prepped to get into this interview. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm, I'm ready to start when you guys are. Alright, so uh, I'm going to top it off by saying, like, you know, like, welcome to Face It, whatever. And then I'll introduce uh, the both of you, and then we'll get started. How's that sound? Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, all right. And uh, you pronounce your, I'm um, just to make sure, uh, your last name Matherson, right? Matheson, yeah. Matheson. Okay, see? I needed to make sure. There you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, all right. So, welcome to Face It. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm here with my co host, Josh, and our special guest, Tyler Matherson, who is also a radio host over in Moose, all the way in Alberta. How are you doing there, my friend? Oh, I'm good. Actually, a little bit northern of Alberta. I'm in the uh, Northwest Territories. It's kind of like, kind of like saying I can, I can say I live in the Arctic. It's it's wow. pretty cool. Alberta is it's close though. Alberta is like the the bastion that I can see very very far off. <laughs> They're It'd both freezing. No, I'm happy here. They're yeah. both freezing though, from what I hear though. Like just yeah, cold, actually, the summers cold. aren't too bad. Oh, okay. And like good. the the winters, it's kind of like if you've ever stood in like. Like a freezer. If you ever worked in a restaurant, like the the yeah. freezer they have in the back, mm-hmm. it's kind of like standing in one of those. It's a, it's a very dry cold. It's oh, not geez. just wear layers and you're good. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. dope. Well, it, does it get lonely up there? Ah, uh, no. Luckily, I I well, it, it was until like I convinced over a year my girlfriend to move up here with oh, me, wow. so it's slightly less lonely. Yeah. And I do have my PS4 up here, so I <laughs> that that's, that's been helpful. Um, but no, it's, it's not too bad. You, you, you get friends up here. So you, it's not too, like, it's still a capital city. There's like 20,000 people here, which yeah. is like more than anywhere else around. So it's, it's not too lonely. Not as lonely as I thought it was going to be at least. Yeah. Right. Because the way people mm-hmm. describe up there is like, oh, it's like a barren wasteland. Like you're, it's like the, I West. mean, there are definitely parts that are barren. Yeah. Uh, in the city, the area, it's still nice. Like there's two McDonald's in town and there's a walmart and stuff like there's civilization yeah, there's okay. civilization going on so why there's we... still two tim hortons you could you know yeah oh, there's not a tim hortons on every block like wow. in the rest of canada that's How surprising are they yeah only two <laughs> only, only two, two tim that's hortons. not fair man life's not fair. that's a real first world problem man you really need to get on that like yeah. you have to talk yeah. to like the committees 
you have to get a committee going. Maybe the government. I'm not even going to get started that the only two places to get video games in town is the Walmart or the Source, which is wow. which is pretty rough. So you literally can't pre-order games then, basically. Well, Walmart, no, I think you can. Wait, you can't pre-order at Walmart? No, I don't think so. No, oh, I think you can. I, I remember some games used to do like Walmart-specific pre-order bonuses, but like I don't know how you would go about pre-ordering a game from on Walmart. Their website, maybe that'd be the only That's way. Right. Maybe I think. Oof, that's tough, man. So you have no EB games, know. no game stuff. Well, it's just like it's not like you're gonna need them soon enough because it exactly. seems like they're going out online. of business and it's gonna be all online, right? Yeah, yeah. Amazon's still fine. I mean, the ship the shipping isn't as as horrendous as you'd expect it to be. Well, I'm guessing you don't get day one shipping, but you know, you get probably get no, days. no day one shipping. You got to <laughs> give it a couple days, yeah. but it, it will get here. Yeah. And honestly, like. The having everything, I was a little upset that games were slowly transitioning to more digital stuff, but you know, it is, it is nice. It, it is nicer in hindsight. So should we get into talking about the last of us? Yeah, we should. The last of us part two. <laughs> part two. Okay. Uh, so that game, holy cow. It's something that's for sure. <laughs> that's the most true statement. That we'll say it is definitely game. something. It's something. I, I, I want to say I like it. I don't know if that's a controversial <laughs> statement to say that, that I like it. Well, Josh likes um, it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, all right. Yeah. I, I was like, I really hope I'm not the only I'm person. I'm the only one who doesn't like it here. Yeah. But I think you have a different opinion yeah. than what like the mob, quote-unquote, uh, hates about the game. You have a different, more gameplay almost. Yeah focus name about it which i never thought of which is like oh yeah you're right that's totally fair why don't we start with where you guys think about the the game and then we'll we'll get into maybe the mob's thoughts and then we'll take my weird look at i guess uh the difference between the mob's thoughts and mine yeah (laughs) go ahead i guess i guess my thoughts on it i like i like i didn't love the first game i liked it i didn't i wasn't a super super big fan of it i felt it kind of got into the pattern of like loot three rooms encounter enemies in three rooms and kind of just rinse and repeat the locations and then you know they vary with enemy types but it, it kind of felt like there was a pattern going on and i felt like the second game really mixed that up a bit there are still parts i think especially near like the third act of both halves of the game where it feels like there's just a lot of looting and i mean maybe it's just because i i like scavenging for stuff but it feels like there are a lot of extended parts of just down points in the third acts of the games. And I think that's that's weird. And I I definitely appreciate the first game for having a far more linear way it tells its story. Not that I think that complicated ways to tell your story in games are bad, but I think the way the second game does it sounds really good on paper and might have worked for like a different medium but i don't know if it works for a video game yeah and well hopefully that makes sense it definitely makes sense and hopefully the hbo show then is good with neil at the helm writing it and then uh i think the guy from chernobyl i forget the name of the creator but he's he's working on it too and uh i i kind of see where you're coming from with that with the fact being like i i completely understand where you find it like drowns the game with those scenes where it's just like you're you feel like you're mostly being pushed to be more of an open world and i think neil took that a lot from uncharted 4 and those are my mm-hmm. least favorite parts in uncharted 
which Josh has a completely different opinion on. Yeah. So <laughs> my whole thing with Uncharted is I loved that it was basically like a movie, like I was playing a movie. And mm-hmm. so when they started to take that away and then start making it more of a, a video game than an adventure game, like and I, I like more of an explorational game, I guess, in a way. Uh, in Uncharted 4 where they have those open uh, uh, did you finish Uncharted 4 Tyler? I did I, I've played all the Uncharted games that I okay. kind of mean like it kind of like is like these big like sandbox areas yeah. with movie moments sprinkled around exactly them. and that's that's kind of like where I think Neil was going with uh, Last of Us 2 with that but it's just mm-hmm. without having those vehicles and a lot of the like there's points where they tipper on like the same mm-hmm. like satisfaction that uncharted 4 had like there's parts of uncharted 4 that really follows the right. path well like when they have like you know the truck scene like where you come out of the, yeah. like, the tower and stuff and that whole part of the game is that's, phenomenal that's the best part of the game. best part of the game and i think, I think... sorry uh go ahead no you don't you go. okay so i think neil was going for you know that kind of similar feeling and he was trying to push for that at points in last of us 2 mm-hmm. where like you feel that like where the, you know I don't, you, I don't know if you remember the car chases uh, with the infected, and then you have the yeah. Uh, I I like the car chases yeah. a lot. I I've I'm on my I'm like halfway through a new game plus playthrough right now, and yeah, the the one you have with Abby and the first day and is really fun, and yeah. then the yeah, one you have with Ellie and Jesse is really fun. I remember as well. Really tense. I liked it a lot. I remember thinking it was like wow. This reminds me of a car scene from Uncharted, but exactly. I can tell they've had like four to prepare to make this one. Yeah, right. It really feels that way. And you can tell that like they perfected at least that format of the game. But then now that they're trying to push for this, I guess, open world feel in a way like that more and more games are like giving, I guess, a feeling of like exploration. I don't know if you've noticed that recently, but like more and more games are being like open world or they like advertise we're open world and look at our big map and like how big it is. (laughs) You can explore all of this. Look how big it is. It's like how much yeah. their dick is. Here's 900 uh, uh, question marks on the map. Can yeah. you find what everything is? <laughs> yeah. And it's become more and more of a common thing. And I think Nutty Dog feels the pressure to make the effort to like fall into line with that. And maybe that's mm-hmm. why there's those open world th- things more so in this game than they were in Uncharted. But even Uncharted 4, like, and then in the, the DLC, which completely made me stop playing the DLC because it got to like, Right, there was a linear path at the beginning and then open world and then it was like open world again and i'm like okay and then linear path and then there's like open world open world open world. i'm like okay nope done mm-hmm. like i can't do this like uh this is not uncharted to me and so maybe that game was like a test for last of us because they have so much more mm-hmm. open world segments but the funny thing is i enjoyed the last of us two open world segments more so than i did uh uncharted because i i really enjoyed division and like just fucking mm-hmm. around in division and just exploring and just chilling in it and just walking around. I don't know why I like to just get really high and just walk around and find <laughs> beanies. I literally go in a circle and like, we'll check all the suitcases and stuff. And it's just like, why am I doing this? This is like, I don't know. It's entertaining somewhat, I guess. But uh, so you talking about these open world things uh, made me think with with the last of us part with the last of us part two but i think the open world things it's interesting because i feel two ways about the game's level design really good for combat but really really bad for everything else because like it's this big sprawling area and we're not going to notify you where the path is except we kind of do where the light shining but it's just this area and there's no like 
follow this conveniently like yellow marker that's next to everything you can climb on or like these runic things that are light your way like in god of war but it's really nice for combat because it you know it, it looks like a cool natural area that would make sense to fight in but it works for walking around sometimes because there's conversations happening and maybe you know where the right path is and you find it and it's all cinematic and perfect but half the time and maybe it's because i play when i'm too stoned i'll walk around the conversation's happening and it finishes and then it's like two minutes of just dead silence of me kind of looking for tape and then trying to remember where the proper hallway i need to walk into to progress the game is and i know you can go into the options and now there's like notifications where it will tell you the path to go to your next objective but like the game doesn't have it on by default so you're not really supposed to play with it on and i feel like well, yeah, those yellow things that dictate where the plot continues can be distracting. I think they're more helpful than a hindrance immersion-wise, and I kind of wish the game just had them. Yeah, and I think this game, especially Last of Us Part Two, they do a lesser, or not lesser job, but the kind of yellow markers are much less noticeable and plan a little bit easier than the rest of the games, like Naughty Dog mm-hmm. has made previously. I guess they slowly evolved. Like, they have, Naughty Dog has their... Uh, trends or their cliches right there's going to be a yellow mm-hmm. thing that you have to climb on there's going to be ropes <laughs> that you have to climb on and there's always you're going to have to swing at some point yep and there's never a point where oh this is the ex- exploration point this is the combat point there's never going to be a point where you really are going to be doing both you're they're very much doing one or the way. other one or the other you're not doing both at the same time yeah they never have puzzles with combat i've nope. noticed ever like i don't think there is one puzzle that is timed by combat and when you're in these open world sections it's not like when you're riding your horse around in the field there's going to be an affected there in the field that's never going to happen which i really wish i i like i feel like it would have made downtown seattle a little bit more interesting if like there were just like in that big open field that you can ride through what if there was just like eight clickers like roaming about it i don't know I mean, like, be, why aren't there infected around and about? I hate to be this nitpicker with my, you know, bow tie. I'm going to fasten it up as I nitpick you. But they are very much like hidden dwellers, right? They That's exert true. moisture. They're, they're fungus. fungus. So they don't want to be in an open field. But I do agree. That would be so cool. Seeing like a horde of zombies just going through a field. And you have to avoid it. Maybe that's whatever. just me who's played Days Gone and is thinking like, oh man, what if every zombie game was like Days Gone? That would be cool. My other thought would be like, maybe if there was like enemies riding horses in the field, that would be cool. Like enemies start chasing <sighs> you in the field on horses. I feel like they didn't, the fact that the Scars have horses, I feel like that wasn't taken advantage no. of enough. They, it was only used in the chase scenes just to make sure they are able to catch up to the truck. You know what I mean? Or the yeah. moving vehicle. Or whenever there's an action scene where it's yeah. like, okay, this is the point where you're on rails, you're able to aim and shoot yeah. now. I go, switching to the gameplay. I really, again, I don't know if you guys have played it, but I definitely feel like someone who developed the like stealth combat sections played a lot of Metal Gear Solid Five. Mm-hmm. Like yep. they must have played it a bunch. I played it because I get some big Phantom Pain vibes to how this gameplay feels. I played it like down to like how you crawl how you can like shoot from the prone position. Oh yeah. I played it just the same way as I play Phantom Pain. Like I was just, mm-hmm. you know, like the big fat clickers. I was literally like, Josh was listening to me play. Cause we would be in a party chat while we we're playing and we wouldn't spoil anything, but I'm hearing him go. <gasps> oh, 
like making noises and stuff. I'm like, why? And he's like, no, I can't tell I you. I tell you, yeah. And I was like a little bit ahead of him, like but, maybe like an hour. I'm like, oh, and it's like, what's happening? And it's then like, it would no, be like a like, delay, an hour delay. And then I'm like, oh, and yeah. then he's like, yeah, you're there now. And, but the big fat clickers, like I would, he heard me like where I was literally placing C4 in doorways and just like crawling around and be like, oh, okay, like I'll just wait for them to come in. And then like, I would get like all four of them in the fucking doorway with like four C4 all placed in the doorway. He's like, that's not how you play the game. And I'm like, I'm playing it my way, baby. One, Fuck uh, one of my favorite things the game does is like the, cause it really does force you to play two different ways as Ellie and Abby, I feel like ellie you're a lot more like you gotta sneak around and you know mm-hmm. you're not the biggest thing but like abby you can just punch infect oh the yeah you're, you're Big not a manly fridge. arms you're not a fridge as when you no. play as ellie uh, but like so the first time you encounter stalkers as ellie is a terrific one of my favorite parts of the whole game it's terrifying it's like the first point in the game where i'm actually scared because it's like it's clickers that are fast and they can't be seen in listen mode, so you can't just hold listen mode like a bitch and find them because they don't because they're silent and they run at you and they do like little jump scares where they run across the screen but don't attack you. It's great and it's like really tense and it takes like fifteen minutes to clear the room. But then the first time you encounter the stalkers is Abby is right after you get the double barrel shotgun and you can just buzz <laughs> through them with that thing yes. and it's terrific. See, at first I hated the stalkers because they would be, I can't stealth them. This is stupid. I have to, I have to do combat. But once I kind of realized that, oh, they build the level in a way where you're meant to kind of almost merry-go-round it and you're meant to be. Or just run through it. Yeah, exactly. If you're too scared. You're meant to, like, they designed it. They, you have to play that way, which I think is a neat, like, for a variety sake, excuse me, for variety sake, it's very much useful, but for like a player expression kind of standpoint, it is kind of meh. But honestly, I don't mind that because I want them to take me on my journey, baby. I don't care. You do do what I you want me to do, game, because I trust you. So I guess I'll ask this question right right now in the discussion. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on Abigail? Oh, okay. So this is this has been a big contention with people I've talked to about the game. I like her a lot. I wasn't expecting to. I hated her at the beginning. But I'm like, oh, I like her a lot. I love the development she goes through. She's basically your Joel for this game. She goes through a very similar arc. Except that you don't see Joel do all the messed up stuff in the first game. I think that's the big difference. I feel like mm-hmm. if they... Because in the first game, it's inferred that, oh yeah, Joel did some messed up stuff before you see him. Yeah, like, years there's later. the one scene in the in the first game where he's driving with Ellie... And the guy, like, pulls in front of their car, and he's like, hey, stop, I need help. And Joel, like, swerves around him and speeds up. And Ellie's like, why'd you do that? And Joel's like, he was lying. And she's like, how do you know that? And he's like, we've all done stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've Like, that alluding before. that Joel has faked an injury to steal somebody's car. Exactly, yeah. He's done all this messed up stuff before. But we don't see that side of him until very much later in the game, when we like him. In this case, they show the messed up stuff that Abby did right from the start. And it's to your favorite character, right? They fuck up Joel, they kill him. And you're like, oh my god, I hate her so much, I want her to die. And then when you switch to her, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I have to play as her? Gross. And she's mean, and she's very cold, and she isn't very social at all. Like, she's very closed off. And you're like, I don't like her. She's like calling people assholes, 
when like they're dying and shit and it's like what the heck you're horrible but then they meet uh the two kids my my memory is blanking on their names if you remember oh uh like the the scar people lev and oh i forget the it's the is it Kara? Or uh, like Maya or something. Yeah, something the, the like two that. scars yeah, that are, they're on the run, yeah. Yeah, they meet them two. And then it kind of clicked for me, like, oh, okay, this is what where her arc's going. And I, I don't know, I liked it. There's not much, that's the really difficult thing I find with describing this game. When I hear people talk about what they don't like about it, I go, yeah, you're right. But I liked it. Like, I don't know what else I, to say other than, yeah, I enjoyed it. I feel the same way about, like, that and, like, Red Dead 2. Like, if you haven't seen, like, Nicky Jakey has a video where it's, like, 30 minutes yeah. talking about, like, how Red Dead 2 is, is is bad because it's exampling Rockstar's lazy game formula they've been getting away with since GTA 4. Mm-hmm. And I, like, listen to it and it's like, yeah, it is really on the rails and the missions are just, like, walk to point A to point B and then watch a cutscene. And the missions are just shooting galleries. I really like it though. Yeah. And I can't explain why I do, but like I understand the problems. And like I compared the first part, Ellie's part, to kind of like Phantom Pain. And then Abby's part feels like a Resident Evil remake at some points. Mm-hmm. Like, especially day two, that whole hospital scene. Oh, yeah. Like, better than the, in my opinion, Resident Evil 3 remake, get the fuck out of here. That <laughs> is how you handle a goddamn, uh, over-the-shoulder zombie survival horror experience. I, you know, Resident Evil 2 remake, very good. It, 3 the, fell the, off. The Resi 3 remake can get out of here. But, oh. I see. There's I, just, like... See with, so, go ahead. No, I was going to just say that, like, that whole day two in the hospital when, like, you find, the, like, the realization that you're in ground zero, like, this is where the infection began. And then, you know, the slow reveal to, of the Rat King, the big bossy fight at the end, and that whole fight is, like, just incredible. It's a stalker and a blitter at the same time. It's awesome. It's a pretty scary fight when you first walk and into it's it. it's tense, and it's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to run out of ammo, which is, like, the most... Um, you just immediately exactly. throw your yeah. entire flamethrower ammo in its face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then like, when it's not dead after that, you're like, what the fuck do I do? Just chuck all the Molotovs. That's exactly. You're chuck like, all the C4. Yeah, you're anxious. You're like, oh no, I'm going to run out of ammo. I'm going to have to use my semi-automatic rifle. <laughs> I don't want to use that against this guy. Nobody wants to use the right? semi. Um, oh, I, I, I never use that gun. Like, I found the hunting pistol and I'm like, this is what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's oh, where I, I was at too. I use the silent pistol. Whenever I got to be able to craft a silencer, I put that shit on there. I never, ever yeah. used it without it. Unless I'm so glad it wasn't until the epilogue they gave you a silenced SMG because yes. I, I would have used that the entire game if, if given that too early. So they give it to you if you play new, you play new game plus, right? He's in it right now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure they give you the silence. They have it right at the start, and it's terrific. And it's yeah, it's nice, especially when you play it the second time. But I think the first time in that aspect works a little bit better because you're running on ammo and you have to kind of use not as good weapons. But the second time through, it's like, oh yeah, I got the silence SMG, great. But it's almost like you don't want to use it, right? That's why it's too good. Yeah, you don't want to use it because it's valuable, right? Like I gotta save it for the encounter, right? I gotta save it for the right moment. But then it's like you end up never using it because you're always saving it. Like the RPG in every Call of Duty. Exactly. You never use the RPG, but it's there for when you need it, but you never need it. Never it's, need it. Back, to, really back to Red Dead. I, I love Red Dead 1. Red Dead 2, though, like I think the realism pushed me too far out of it. 
Like, I mean, it's a lot of it's realism in the goofiest way. It's yeah. like, <laughs> and, I mean, everyone's wanted the weight gain system back since San Andreas, and I like that it's there. Oh, I have no problem like, with that. Yeah, it's the fact that like you know I'll be in the middle of hunting, and then a fucking quest pops up, and it's just like, oh, you have to do this quest now. It's here because it's part of the story, and you just fucked up by walking into it. And now you have to drop all these rare pelts you've been collecting. Oh, yeah. You remember those pelts? Yeah, they just despawned after you They're finished just the quest. Gone. Sorry about that. So you have to go do that again if you want that money for those pelts for your village that costs insane amounts of money to just get fucking anything in it. Like the, the campsite, it costs so much money to build up. It's, and, it, and it doesn't even give you like it's it's very surface level rewards right? for everything. It's so lame. And and even like the stat boost for getting the legendary pelts, which I've done multiple times, don't even like they're not even that great. No. Like you could beat the game without any of them and be I'm completely sure. fine. I right. just I'm a completionist and that game's impossible to be a completionist with. Like you <laughs> can nice. there's like 20 something dream catchers you can find and all you get for finding them is a thing that like your stamina slows down twice. Like you, your stamina is like twice as f slow when using your bow. So you can like knock your bow for twice as long. And it's like, wow, I'm so glad I wasted two hours like right. finding all of these things. See, I, that's why I'm scared about playing Red Dead or Witcher because I know I'm going to be like playing that game for three months, collecting everything, and I'm not going to stop. <laughs> Then I I definitely went to the multiplayer when the multiplayer came out. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I loved Red Dead 1 multiplayer. Josh and I had a great time. We would mm -hmm. take over bases with, like, the whole server, and then, like, everybody's fighting. Me. It was, like, King of the Hill. Like, we would take over, like, a base, and then everybody fought for the base with their, like, mm -hmm. posses or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I go into Red Dead 2, and I spawn in, and I'm instantly getting killed out of the horse carriage place. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm pulling I, out my horse. I feel and like the multiplayer in Red Dead 1 was a lot more fun. Yeah. Like and the hackers are just not in control in Red Dead <laughs> 2 at all. Like they're just they're just fucking wild. Like I don't even know if Rockstar like gave us a crap at this point. Well, I wonder their how last it is big now. update already came. See, they won't updating. care until GTA online stops making them billions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. See GTA online though, how many hackers do you see nowadays on there? Hardly. That's I, yeah right. I mean, I I barely use GTA Online. I'm not I'm not oh. big into Rockstar's multiplayer platform. Level 352 here. Uh, you know, yeah, it's the dang reason we're not getting bullied too. It can burn in hell for all I care. I know, oh, problem. you're one of those people. I I would want a bully too as well. Don't worry. I love bullies. I got the. Do you know how many Rockstar bully. single player games haven't existed because GTA Online is like doing Max so Payne well? Four. Yeah, why is there any single the, the single player DLC GTA 5 was supposed to get? It was supposed what? to be yeah. an independence they, day now, parody. Now, if you've talked to them about it, they're like, what story what DLC? Story DLC we didn't mention that. It'd be hilarious if they come up for the PS5 version and be like, oh, look, the story expansion. You know, but the one GTA that is free, so maybe that's how they're going to get you. They're going to be like, Aww. yeah, GTA 5 is free, but then you have to buy Aww. the story expansion. It's 40 bucks. How, how do you know? I mean, I mean, Undead Nightmare was 40 bucks, to be fair. But that was worth it. Yeah, I mean, it was, and I would think that, that would this one it. would be worth it too. Yeah, how do you know exactly what these hack companies are gonna do, Matthew? You're so good at like figuring <laughs> out what like these companies are gonna do. You're like, oh yeah, that's of course that's what they're gonna do. It's so smart. Like I know that, that that's perfect. If they don't do that, they're done. Well, then why else would they have announced it as free so early? Exactly. 
because now everyone's like, oh, it's free. Yeah. So wait, what what's it gonna be free so on? Or is it if you they just... buy a PS5, your PS5, I don't know if it's gonna be pre-installed or you get a code, but they're saying that GTA 5 will be free for all PS5 owners. I mean, I like that, and it's like they don't need the money. It's like they literally yeah, yeah. can't do that. They just don't need the money. Mm-hmm. So it's it's also incentive, I guess, because before a lot of people's complaints were, why is the you know new consoles never come with games? And so like I guess in a way it's like Sony's like, oh, here's a game that yeah. you've, pro- you've owned for twenty years. Upscaling. And I mean, like there are they also announced that like certain PS4 games you'll like get the ps5 version like when you have your ps like i know i think last of us 2 is one so if you have last of us 2 on your ps4 when you get your ps5 you'll have the ps5 version of last of us 2 so you don't have to i i have a friend john the one i mentioned before he put on a tinfoil hat when he heard that and was like i'm never buying a disc again they're never gonna let the discs go through and i'm like (laughs) fuck is wrong with you man did you just put your ps4 disc in the ps5 he's like no no they won't do that and i'm like (laughs) okay so after he had heard they were gonna allow the transfer he has only bought exclusively digitally since and I'm just like, oh, okay. I don't trust it. Yeah, he doesn't trust it at all. But then I'm like, dude, but like, what if the network ever shuts down? You lose all your fucking games, man. Yeah. That's... Lose them all. Man, remember when PSN got hacked and Sony didn't tell anyone for two months? Yeah. yeah. It was down for what? Like, almost the entire <laughs> It year? was down for like six weeks. And then they were like, yeah, we got like hacked and like 700,000 plus users' data is just like stolen. But like, we're working on it. Yeah. And then it wasn't up for like another two months after that. And then the response was like, "Here's three free games. Sorry." And there were there and were games like, that were out. Yo, for my that. credit card got stolen, dude. Ten <laughs> years too. They get, I think they gave PlayStation Plus away for a month too. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, great, thanks. Yeah, but uh, well, that was back before PlayStation Plus gave you free games. It was just like. It was you could you, like multiplayer was still free for everyone. I yeah. for, I don't even know what PlayStation Plus was for. I think it just it was just you for got, free games. I think it was discounts on games. Well, you got free games, free avatars, free dynamic themes, and then I played PlayStation Home. And if you played PlayStation Home, you got one of the mansion houses for free. So there's this like PS Home is a microtransaction. Oh man, PS I played I I PS Home. You you have an idea. I spent two. No one Xbox will never know the bliss of PlayStation. No, anybody who owned an Xbox will never (laughs) understand. But it's basically like a real life sim with like just where everything costs money. And so mm-hmm. then they have the one house you can buy in parts called the mansion. And so if you own all the parts, you get like certain like exclusive rewards and you can give your friends exclusive rewards and stuff like gold furniture and like stupid shit like that. And uh, they gave away the garage for free. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so everybody got the garage if you had PlayStation Plus back nice. then too. So it was just like, I oh remember, yeah, garage. I remember, I thought it was the coolest thing on PlayStation Home, I think it was for when Infamous 2 came out. They added a thing where you could do like graffiti on the walls, and I spent so much time doing that. That, and, and I was like, like, whoa. They had <laughs> so many cool mini games. Like, I don't know if you got into the in dream stuff. Me and Josh got like super into that for a while, but it was like Easter eggs all over the game, and then like on the one main map itself, but you could like do daily stuff there too. And it, it was just so insane. Some of the Easter egg stuff you had to do, you had to like go to this place on a certain day behind this painting. And then you have to like step on this thing. And then you got to like press all these buttons in a certain order. And then you'll get the achievement, but you won't know until you go back to the other place and check. And if you didn't get it, you got to go all the way back. 
uh, one of you, I, I forget which one of you was saying about Red Dead Two about like the the realism was too much. I was saying, I think that, yeah. a game that does like the the like minute like oh that does busy work I guess would be the word better than Red Dead Two, like Death Stranding. I don't know oh, God, how it yeah. does it, but it makes numb mindless bullshit fun. And I like I've described it. I think Death Stranding is the most game video game. Like everything about it is a game. Like walking, you gotta, it's a game. You gotta make sure that your balance is right. Your packages are a game. Your baby battery that's on your chest constantly, that's gotta, that battery has to be charged. Yeah. And if it gets sad, you gotta shake your controller, but not too, not too violently. <laughs> gotta shake it like you're shaking a baby, which is not violently at all. And or else it'll cry, and the invisible monsters will come and get you, which is bad. <laughs> so, so stupid. I haven't played the game. Like, oh my god, this sounds so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, like a game. So imagine this. So someone needs you to get eighty kilograms of underwear to them. So you got to Tetris stack all the underwear boxes on your back before you can get on your cool future motorcycle to drive across a dystopian landscape as sad hipster music plays <laughs> and also your Norman Reedus. I don't know yeah. if this was, this that was clear like beforehand. And then there's also a Conan. Conan's in the game for no reason. Conan yeah, O'Brien is in the game as, as a cosplayer. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> film director, Nicholas winding Refn is also in the game. <laughs> yeah, Lends too. his likeness. Nice. Uh, so oh, does yeah, Guillermo yeah. del Toro. Yeah. They're all like in this weird friend group. Me and Josh always talk about like how Hollywood has these like clicks, and like that's one of the, that's the weird click. Yeah, the weirdo hipster click. Yeah, it's like Mads Mikkelsen, Guillermo del Toro, and Hideo Kojima. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, back to Abby though. Sorry for yeah. Like, why do you? Yeah, sorry. What a what that. a derail. Yeah, Matthew, why do uh, you hate Abby? Why do I hate her so much? Because she reminds me so much of a UFC fighter that everybody oh, knows on. she her design uh, is literally the same and then like wait are we wait are we Ronda speaking Rousey, of yeah, Miss, yeah, yeah the rowdy one herself yeah. okay. doesn't she look like her though okay you can't tell me she doesn't. okay i mean people may not i can people may not complain I, about ellie back in two, 2013 but I, looking like ellen page i liked ellen page though yeah okay well that's not that's Listen, a dumb excuse i'm <laughs> I think if Abby, okay, if Abby was blonde, it would be like dead on. Yeah. And I know she's kind of supposed to look like her voice actress. Yeah, it's and true too. And she's also modeled off like an Asian bodybuilder I've like seen on Twitter <laughs> people talk really? about. But no, she does look like Ronda Rousey. I can see that. And like Ronda isn't the most likable person in the no. world. So I can see why that might be a detractor. But I can, you know, I can look past the but... fact she. I, I, you can look past the fact of how she looks for sure. And I, 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 you know, I don't judge a book by its cover for sure. So that was my first thing. I was just like, okay, I can't judge this book by its cover. And uh, me, Josh, and a few other people had been debating when Joel's death was going to happen because we all had assumed prior to the game's release, like, yes, Joel is going to die. We just don't know when. And so when it mm -hmm. happened, I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, it's happening. And then she fucking just smashes his face in, and mm -hmm. I'm like, I instantly hate this bitch. Mm -hmm. I like hate four hours so in, it's yeah. like, oh, this prologue's going nice. Oh, man, Joel and Ellie aren't really talking. Yeah. Oh, we're going to go watch that movie tonight. That's going to be cool. Yeah, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. And then you play as her, and I was okay with it up until 
right when you get to the point where Ellie and her have their confrontation once again, where in the, in the theater. And I was just like, this is fucking stupid because if the whole, like I understand what Neil is going for. I get Neil wants to create this cycle and make people understand that the yes cycle of revenge is wrong. And the moral of the story is revenge isn't always the answer, but do I agree with the path that he goes with that? Because in human traits, in real human people, outside of film, outside of all that, they would have just fucking killed Ellie. I feel like Abby's character in real life, if she was a real life person, not written by Neil, not with compassion, because Neil writes with this um, depressed compassion that he has towards his characters no matter who they are, even the villains, like even in the first game, the pedophile dude, he David. wrote, yeah, David, he wrote him with, you know, uh, such a remote way to look at a character. Like you instantly at first were like sus of him. And then you instantly liked him, liked him. And then you instantly fucking hated him. And it's done so well by Nolan North. And you have no idea it's Nolan North either. I don't know if you knew that Tyler. Yeah. The David uh, guy is Nolan North. I, I mean, Every Nolan North character sounds a little bit like him. It's like the Troy Baker yeah. effect too. Like I know he sounds different as Joel, but I can't not hear like yeah, right. Booker DeWitt, Higgs from Death Stranding, and every other character Joker. he's played. <laughs> yeah, Joker from Arkham Origins. Yeah, but uh, I don't know Abby. Then just as a character, like Josh was saying, like how she's an asshole and just calling people asshole and like just being overly like unpleasant as a character. Like, I don't want to play her. I don't like her. Like everything she's doing are things that I don't like. And then when they would go back to the flashbacks be like, I don't care. I just don't want to do this. And then I was telling Josh while they're happening, I'm like, I, I hate these flashbacks. Yeah. Like the whole thing with the zebra or the deer or what it's a zebra, zebra, right? Correct. Yeah. I was just like, this is so fucking boring. Can I get back to like what I was doing before? The stuff. Can I get back to the Ellie stuff? Like I was having a lot of fun just mowing down these guys. And just I think, yeah, I think I agree with that. I think an issue with that is like, I brought it up earlier, how the game presents its narrative differently i think if they just and i know maybe it would be bad if they like stacked the flashbacks back to back but i really feel like if we did like day one ellie day one abby and that's how the story was told and then you have the flashbacks still where they're supposed to be i think maybe people don't hate abby and the story as much because it feels like you know the the tension gets really really big as ellie and then whoop we're back three days and it's like what the fuck well exactly. i want to know what happened in that confrontation what i gotta play another 20 hours of game to exactly. find out God damn it and that's what like and then there's me. another 20 hours of game after that <laughs> right and and that's what threw me through a loop was like i had gotten to the ship with abby and josh was in the party chat with me and i was just like dude i'm not doing this anymore and he's like what do you mean I'm like I'm done. Like I just don't yeah. care anymore. And I'm just like, no, just give it a chance. Trust me, it gets it gets better. Trust me. No, <laughs> I'm no, just no, like, just no, say. like it's just so dumb. Like the whole process of Abby going to the zoo or whatever, or the aquarium, and then at the fact being that like you've already seen Ellie. You know, I don't want to spoil what happens there, but I don't know how much we've really spoiled in this. Well, do we podcast. want to put it? Well, wait. Whatever. We, well, we said Joel dies already. Yeah, <sighs> that's like <laughs> whatever though. No, but. That is a big spoiler. Okay. Well, so we, can... we should just continue. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, two characters who are important to uh, Abby's um, characteristics. So her past, I guess, boyfriend, fiance, Owen. Owen, and his current girlfriend who is having a baby. And uh, that scene where Ellie kills both of them and has the mental breakdown. I was just like, okay. 
So that happened. And then it feels like it's only just purposely there to add to make it so Abby has reason to go there. Because otherwise, Abby has no reason to go there. She's like, oh, where's Owen? And then the whole... I actually learned to like Owen as a character. He's actually one of the characters in the whole thing. I actually learned to grow a likeness to because at first I was just like, oh, it's just an army brat asshole. But then it's just like, oh, no, this guy actually saved, you know these people because he knew that you know they, they're just kids and his buddy was just about to fucking execute them and he's like no you can't kill these kids and like you wouldn't even know about that stuff unless you read all the notes right and i don't know if you read some of those hunter's notes and the letters in the journals that owen had. oh yeah i like for every every note i read yeah. I, I find i read i do find some of them funny especially the safe ones because oh, yeah. it's like honey i'm bleeding out i love you and tell the kids i love them by the way, the safe combo was 15, 20, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, It's like, what? <laughs> but uh, if we want to talk about our favorite point in the game, because I know you mentioned your favorite point. My favorite point in the game is the boat scene. I like. I don't know why. I felt like this Boat scene's really fun. Attraction towards I, it. And there was... I want to like the downtown Seattle part, but I feel like it kind of bait and switched what I thought the rest of the game was going to be. Right. Cause there's not even a part as Abby that is like that. And I think no. it's cool. I like what they tried doing, but it feels really out of place, especially going through a second time. It feels like that was the original demo they were showing to Sony, like and other publishers and stuff. Like, so they were showing, you know, to Santa Monica studio and they're like, Hey, Santa Monica, this is what we're working on. And so and then Santa Monica's like, cool, we'll make that. And then they made God of War yeah. and they did that really, really well. I think that's exactly what happened. Or, sorry, to be clear, we're talking about the day three boat scene, right? Yeah. No, no, no. We're talking about the uh, Seattle scene right now. Which so, one? So the first Matt was saying he likes the boat scene. And then I brought up how I feel like the downtown Seattle scene kind of threw me for a loop because I kind of expected the rest of the game to be maybe told in that style. And the fact that Abby doesn't have a section like that and it's never done again, it feels like weirdly out of place. I gotcha. Okay, I'm back on board. Okay, I was just confused. I was like, wait, what boat part? What boat part in Abby do you play as a boat? I don't remember that. No, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry. But the the boat scene, back to that for a sec, uh, there was parts that Josh even missed. Like, without you, you, they don't tell you you can get out of the boat at one point, and there's stuff there. Like, you can get out of the the boat earlier than when they tell you you can. And I was like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's like, a lot of fun side stuff you can find. I I appreciate that. And that's what I I think I appreciated most about the boat thing, because it was so separate from the rest of the... Like, it was... I think it's the one part that's, like, so much, like, Uncharted to me. Cause it's like, Oh, do this mm-hmm. puzzle, fight these guys. Oh, you have to, you know, deal with a uh, parkour thing now. And then you have to fight these guys and then sneak up because you have your boat now. And then, so it's just so much like this uh, linear path. Like uncharted. That with- one boat scene where you're like going and then you see the, the scars and the wolves fight each oh, other yeah, it's pretty in dope. that area. And it's like it, Oh, that combat scene's incredible. Yep. Definitely. And you can like hop out of your boat right into the water. Oh, it's so good. And uh, I that, that that's the one point of the game where I definitely enjoyed it. And what I find about the downtown scene is like, I don't know why, but in Naughty Dog games, I have this way to tell what their demos are. Like what they definitely showed to like. That, that yeah, 100% this feels like this was something they showed Sony being like, this is The Last of Us yeah. Part 2. And the thing is with uncharted four, they did the same thing. Like there's a part, there's a definite point where, you know, like this is the demo they showed everybody. 
like at the, uh, the clock, clock tower. tower. Yeah, clock tower part. Like, and you, I know it without even like. Of course, I've seen the original demo. I know they fucking stuttered and shit. I remember <laughs> watching it, and they had to replay the whole thing. They had to restart it, and there's actually a, a trophy, Tyler, uh, where if you stand there for, I think it's like five minutes because that's how long the guy was staying there afk <laughs> yeah, on the on the playstation live and you get a trophy called stage fright <laughs> so it's funny how they mock their shitty situations but uh i don't know like i without even seeing that i could tell like just by gameplay wise like this is demo like you could mm-hmm. take this out of the game and it could be a like uh, people don't make demos anymore like on ps3 or 360 i don't know if you remember Back then, like there would be a demo for literally every game, like games that didn't I, even need demos. A, a super recent example I can think of is uh, in Detroit Become Human, the first, the literal, the first level in the game where you play as Connor, oh, yeah, and like have to defuse the hostage situation, like very, very much like here's everything you'll be able to do in the game, but condensed on the one level. And I'm actually you get a good idea. I'm pretty sure that's the one I played at Fan Expo. Like that's the part. That's I probably it. Yeah. Because I, I haven't played the game, but I do remember a part with Connor in it and it, they're being able to uh, explore every uh, in the game. I mean, it's definitely the the best treatment of women of any David Cage game in that saying something. Right. Uh, <laughs> There's no naked showers. Uh, no, actually, fun fact, Detroit Become Human is the only david cage game to not feature a rape scene <laughs> i never he thought punched, about no, that because heavy rain has one yeah, and, yeah. And, um, and broken beyond Souls has have, one yeah, indigo Bro- has Bro- one Bro- yeah jesus oh man what an artist what <laughs> i'm so glad he has he is in the game industry still right Jo- I enjoy Detroit Become Human, but I haven't played. I, I I I like the games. I like the developers that work under David Cage. I don't know if I like David Cage. See, dude, I, he's pretentious. I like the people who he works with. I don't like him. He's like, I'm an artist. I wrote all of the all the meaning. Don't you understand that androids mean racism? And I'm like, yes, I get it. We all get it. Yeah, and I put it. them in, and I put them in camps, and they have to ride on the back of the bus. Yeah, it's like, I like why don't you just make a game about racism? <laughs> because he's a white really man. Wild. No, it's but it's smart. Don't you get it? <laughs> they're androids, but it, they're like black people. Don't you get it? Yeah. It's so it's so pretentious, but I like it for what it is. So, what's your favorite part of The Last of Us Two, Josh? See, this is this is actually a hard choice. Yeah. Because I like, like I said, I love the game. Honestly, probably. <laughs> You're gonna hate me. Probably the Abby part, day oh, three, fucking... when you're fighting, when you go to the island, and oh, and go, it becomes like Lev. Rambo two. Yeah, yep. that's All... probably my favorite part. And you battle like the one guy at the very end. And you like stab his eye, and you like rip out his like throat, and the blood goes all over you. I literally gagged. Ugh. Like when I'm watching that part, like yeah, you stab his <laughs> eye, and he's like, oh no, you rip open his like jaw or something, and it's like yeah, the other you. the other part in that day where it's like they also they showed it as like a very early like cutscene demo where it's like the five minute of Abby getting hung and it's just like that the one great. tracking shot and it melds in the gameplay perfectly as you can like beat the, a stalker to death with a hammer. Oh. Yeah, I like that's probably very my well favorite. done. Yeah, that's probably my favorite part. I I think another really cool part about the game, speaking about that, is like how the, I don't know if you guys noticed this, the NPCs when you kill certain ones, they'll like they get upset name. and they'll call out their name and it's, be like, no, like that person died. Some people don't like that. They're like, that's corny. That I'm like, no, I think feature. it's really cool that if I blow up somebody with a bomb, I just hear, Tim! 
Murder! Yeah. Like, yeah. just off in the distance. Yeah, you kill a dog and you find out its name. And like, well, great. Now I'm going to always remember that Emily was the dog's name yeah. that I killed. And then Cindy called it called it out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm never going to forget that. It so sad. That's yeah. my biggest love for the game is I feel like everything is under the theme of... I guess it is kind of, you know, uh, pretentious, but revenge is bad mm-hmm. in a way. It's making you regret every single thing you're doing. So as you're killing people, they're calling out their name. It's like really, really brutal. Every time you grab mm-hmm. someone by the throat and then it's like, and then all the blood spurts out and it's like, oh my I God, s- that's so brutal. In the beginning, you're like, oh my God, what the heck happened? <laughs> it's like, like, there's a lot of moments in the game and it kind of reminds me of uh, like, in, if, if any of you played Spec Ops The Line at all. We both have, yes. yes. So like, again, spoilers for a however many year old it's, game. Like the white phosphorus game. scene. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes that like in the last of two that kind of remind me of the white phosphorus scene. And there's a meme that I'm going to try to sum up that explains it perfectly where it's like you do a bad, like a game makes you do a bad thing. And then the bottom image is how could you, the player, do this? Yeah. And it's like, there's so many moments where it's like, I get the narrative the game is putting forward, but you're literally making me do this irrehensible thing to progress and then making me feel shitty for it. That's true, but I think and, in a certain extent, like when I was playing as Abby, I stopped killing people. Thanks for listening to Face It. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you get your fix and stay tuned for episode two.